0: Get in the cart, right at us. The best in the business, Roger Cleveland. Can't wait to get
1: back to Chicago in this one. This is Party of Four, a Mistwood Golf Club podcast. Nothing like a little laughter to start the show. <laughs> <laughs> Heard a little, little laugh from our guest today, Frank Hohenadel, head pro here at Mistwood Golf Club. Frank hey Ben super excited pumped (laughs) just happy to be here no that was Frank in the intro we got Frank in the studio this is a big win to start the week we got a Monday podcast edition and not only is Frank well we got some big news in a second but he's also the 2021 employee bocce ball champion I think we hit on that last time but I think he's still waiting for his name to be etched in the trophy it's not on there.
2: I haven't looked at it in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked at it either, and your partner was? Chris Iradi. um Yeah, Dan and Ben were nice enough to sit out last year and let someone else win, so we appreciated that. Shocker. Shocker. Are they playing this year? I don't,
1: I don't know. know. Really good question. The registration on that.
0: I'd imagine they would. They probably got jealous sitting out yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well,
1: it's funny because speaking of Chris, the reason we wanted to get Frank in here today. It took some arm-pulling a little bit, but he tied the course record here at Mistwood on Friday with a 63. Yep. Thank you. Wait. Oh man, where is it? Wait, we got it. <laughs> there it is. <laughs>
2: little delay. Yeah,
1: little delay, but big crowd, big crowd out there. So anyways, he tied the record set by Chris back in 2015. How did you feel in that moment? I'm going to kind of let you and Andy talk back and forth because Andy has his own 64s out there.
0: So plural. plural. Yeah,
1: plural. I'll just let you guys kind of go into <laughs> what goes through your mind when you're playing a potential course record or course tying round. I don't
0: know. When did when did you when did you know? When when did it feel like it was it was right there?
2: Uh, I started thinking about it a lot when I made the turn, so, um, it kind of started out like a normal round, two under three or three, um, and then a few pars and then all of a sudden birdie the last four of the front nine and yeah, then, that's okay, crazy. 30. So 30 is a little different. Than, Did you
0: stuff it on seven?
2: Yeah. Hit it about 10 feet past, rolled it in straight up the hill. Pin was kind of back middle.
0: Birdie an eight. That's like stock par birdie for eight, you. Yeah. yeah. Pin,
2: was, pin was front. Okay. Uh, uh six rolled in a 10 footer um nine was like a 15 footer it was a pretty good putt it's pretty but good yeah you know 32 31 you don't really think about it but yeah if it's 30 like yeah you're thinking okay let's <laughs> not mess this I've up i've
0: walked on 32 <laughs> plenty of times yeah yeah no you're you're right on the back nine kind of just a slow start right
2: yeah slow start but just knew you know if i stayed patient. Got some birdie eagle opportunities at the end with the two par fives and short par fours. So, uh, it
0: sounded like you came in from kind of where I normally come in from on 15, about 170-ish.
2: <laughs> yeah, hit eight iron in. It was a good pin. Yeah, it, was, my uh, stock club. <laughs> yep. it was back pin, back right. Um, hit it pin high left about six feet and rolled it in for eagle. And then, yeah, back on track from there.
1: Andy's just shaking his head
2: <laughs> because this was recent when you were on this
1: pace, right?
0: Eight under through 11. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I was with him for that. Yeah. So it was, it was a, uh, it was funny. It was a cage match. It was, it was myself. Well, here, let let Frank finish. I know. I know. 63. I know. I'm just,
1: I'm looking at you shake your head 64, over there. So 64, then you come up 16, 16, 17,
2: 18. Um, yeah, it, not very good pars on 16 and 17. And then, um, it was funny in my group, so I'm playing with three members and there's a lot of chatter on the back nine about it. Um one of the leave guys, you
0: alone, like no hitter or anything like I think, that?
2: I think Adam thought the record was like fifty nine or something. <laughs> he didn't realize what it was. And I heard him like shit, little chit chatter going on in eighteenth I'm Like, all right guys, this is what I need to do. Like birdie ties it, Eagle breaks it. Far worse is not gonna do anything, so um just wanted to cleared up for him, and then, um, yeah, I went ahead, ripped one down the middle on 18. is probably the toughest driving hole for me on the course, um, not because of the two trees that everyone talks about off the tee shot, those don't really bother me, but just getting it in the perfect spot um, to have a shot in two, uh, it's easy to kind of bail out in the bunkers left, or kind of for me being lefty, overdraw it into the right rough, um, which is kind of a layup automatically, you can't hook it enough to get it on the green, so uh, threaded it right down the middle and had 200 in.
0: That's a good hit, drive.
2: Um, yeah, I hit mm-hmm. it. Hit it's a like bad. past
0: the last set. That's pretty. It's pretty good.
2: Pin was front. I hit a really kind of clanky iron in there, and it was like a 10 yard short chip, kind of flip over the bunker. And were
0: you worried about it making the water or no?
2: No, no. I knew it was over the water. Uh, yeah. I didn't hit it that bad. I knew I had plenty of club to get there too. I just kind of just bottom grooved it and. Um, so it was short of the bunker though, so I had to flip it over it. And uh, the
0: fans around 18 green tell me it was pretty pretty nice little. chip. It was chip a good chip
2: there. Yeah, it was a good 10 15 yard chip. It wasn't a nice. standard right in front of you little dinky chip. So I, I did not step up and did a good shot there. And <laughs> I look over and saw Chris watching. He was <laughs> I'm not sure what he was, he was thinking. He was actually probably, crying. Probably hoping I didn't yeah. make the chip, but <laughs> he uh, he seemed he seemed happy for me that I tied him. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it kind of stays in the family, right? Ish.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you had assistant pro Bobby, and then Eric, one of our fitters out there, everyone's watching, and Chris is staying there, I'm like, how are you feeling, Chris? He's like, I don't know, seems like everyone wants him to break the record. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but then he's like, no, I'm just kidding, this is really
2: cool. <laughs> yeah, he's, so, he's very protective of he's it. He's by but far well, the so.
0: longest, I mean, he was by far the longest holder of, of the record. I mean... I think all the way back, it was – I've had it a couple of times with, like, I think Baldwin was first. He shot 69. Then I shot 68. Then Jason Shook came in, shot 64. Shipley
2: was on there for a minute too.
0: Uh, With the new – yeah, the new redesign. Saw the redo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then the old old layout. Then V got it, and then I tied it It with 64. Then the new layout. Uh, Shipley shoots 67. You shoot 64. Within two weeks of you shooting 64, Chris shoots 63. Now Frank's got it again tied with uh, with Chris, so pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool.
1: Now, someone who looks at the scorecard, like you said, you kind of played steady there on the early part of the back nine. Are you like, man, I could have had a 59. I could have had a 60. Like, what goes through your mind? Because 63 is already insane.
2: Yeah, I was never thinking 59. I was thinking um, just – Give the give the course record a shot. Like, <laughs> let's not blow it here. I've done this before. I've shot thirty on the front and then uh, back nine like thirty eight. Just you know, thinking about it too much. So I just try to stay real focused and stay patient. Because
0: um, you've hit sixty four since your last sixty four, right?
2: Uh, no, it's. I think it is sixty five okay. last year. Okay. Um, no, no, that was my only sixty four gotcha. that.
0: Yeah, I've had three or four at least since the.
2: That's Since amazing. The last time. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's,
0: it's it's nuts. But not like any any type of like gagging or anything like that. I mean,
2: we talked about it last year though. I mean, maybe the best round ever out here was Brennan O'Reilly sixty four <laughs> oh, last yeah. year in the stadium. Yeah, the I, rough, I, uh, I totally agree. The rough four or five inches long. That ins-
0: and yeah, that's that's insane.
2: Tricky yep. pins and fast greens. It's for pretty the, good, for the but stadium. it's
0: not sixty three. It's sixty three. No, no. <laughs> number stands number. The number matters, but. Yeah, no, we had a fun group a few weeks ago. It was uh, me, Frank, Trent Wallace, Davis Billows. They were talking some smack. Davis and Trent, oh, blah, 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 blah. I forget what outing it was. Course is wide open, so we didn't have to stop at all. We went full throttle, probably played in like two and a half hours. Staying eight under 11. What did it make birdie on 15? Birdie 15. Standing on 18-T, nine under. Hit driver. Not a great drive. Left side, 230. I got hybrid, two bounces in the back bunker. It's the craziest lie I've ever seen. I've got a ball sitting outside the bunker at shoulder level. All I have to do is get it, get it out of that lie and make par. No big deal. Get it out of the lie. Actually, had a great shot. Gets onto the fringe. The freaking golf gods. They come up and bite me. Three whack. A three whack. Shoot sixty four.
2: That ball defied gravity. Right. Yes, it's 90, 90 <laughs> <laughs> degree angle.
0: <laughs> Literally ninety degree angle at my shoulder length, just hanging out. Yeah, but we'll do. We'll we'll have this fight for a while. It's fun. That's that's the fun part of golf. But um, I I think I've only had thirty on the front, maybe once or twice out with that round a few weeks ago. And you are saying you only had it a couple of times. Like you're right, that thirty number. That's the one that stares you in the
2: face. Yeah, don't screw it up. No, no, something, something with it. Right,
0: especially with fifteen and eighteen in front of you. Like you got two automatic birdies, ten is a gettable. Always seem to birdie eleven a lot, so it's always out there.
1: It's, it's fun for me because I get to just see a lot of good golf. I mean, whether you guys are all playing in events or things that happen around here, I can get pointers. You know, as a fellow lefty of Frank's, um, <laughs> always a lot I can take away from it.
0: I think the fun part of that about that mode when you're in it though is is that you don't. Even think about a bogey. You don't even think a bogey is even possible. Like, you're just thinking, like, go this way. Yeah. And that's like one of those things that I would say the guys that are close to kind of breaking through, or like, you know, we talk about like the better high school players, like, that's something that it literally has to happen to you in order for you to like break through that barrier. Like, I think now Frank shot low numbers before 61 at Midlothian. That's crazy low, right? Jeez. Yeah. Of course, record. So, when you broke through that barrier, you start to think of like throttle this way, not like the oh crap. I can back, I'm three under, I can back up, shoot 70, 71 and I'm still okay. So it's kind of one of those things. Like once you rip that bandaid off from then on out, whenever you get in that mode, like you're okay, keep going. And that's, I think it's one of the hardest things for a good player to, to break through.
1: You had a 61? 61, <laughs> <laughs>
2: 61, 61 in mid low. Back when I was good. You know, about 10 years ago <laughs> that was
0: good what'd you what'd you back door in 29
2: no it was uh
0: 29 out wasn't it 29
2: out no no i parred like the first four jeez and then i birdied like nine out of ten of the next hole <laughs> so it was like i had one par on nine in the middle and then it was just like just blitz birdies in Josh, the middle it, there
0: that place is so good too so good. Solid. so good so good want to talk live golf I'm just kidding
1: <laughs> no <laughs> let's move on to the open championship so it's been played at the old course 29 times the last time in 2015 which Zach Johnson
2: that's won that's your guy
0: Mike my guy no we just always talk Mike, about how he
2: valley? how he just Simpler hits the games. yeah oh my god lays up on
1: par 5
0: oh my god
1: this I'm is out, what I was I'm looking out. for dropping
0: the mic here this Mike's is, going on here that's my. Headphones hitting the mic. This is the fire I was hoping for getting you guys Crap. in the studio together. <laughs> this game can play be played so many different ways. Don't blame me for it.
1: So, anyways, a little uh, history going back here. I don't know if you guys knew this, but... Um, in lightness. Well, in 1873, it was the first time the Open Championship was played on an 18-hole course instead of three rounds of 12 holes. There were two rounds of 18. What they were playing twelve whole rounds in the Open Championship. I is, didn't know that.
0: Is this? I've I've always heard this. Is this true that there's eighteen shots in a fifth? And that's how they got to that number. I know that's got to be total wise tale. I don't know. I guess there's eighteen shots in a fifth.
1: <laughs> so it's a possibility. Um And then in 1876, there was a controversial ruling, and Bob Martin. You guys know Bob Martin, of yeah, course. For sure. Finished in a tie for first in protest. His opponent, Davey Strath, refused to participate. So Martin walked the course and became the open champion. Wow. Wait,
2: what? Not heard that one.
1: There was a protest, and his, uh, his opponent refused to participate. So he just had to walk the course, and I guess he became the champion. And then this one was good. Fun fact. Bob Ferguson, he actually won in 1880, 1881, and 1882. There's been four golfers that have won three straight. Anyways, he won twelve pounds, which translated to about fifty-eight (laughs) dollars. Jeez, nice. So things have gone up, and then you got Live Golf, you know, really pumping it up now. That was
0: that was a thing before. Um, was before like the seventies or eighties. I mean, it was very recent that that those fields were as strong as they are because guys were losing money, and then Nicholas and Arnold Palmer. Once they started playing in the Open Championship, even though they were losing money, that's when it actually the purses got to be even tolerable. Here, they were losing significant amounts of money.
1: Not so much. Even play. 1970, Nicholas, uh, he won, and he won $12,600. And that was 1970. Yeah. seventy eight twenty three thousand seven fifty, 23750 And then John Daly, guess how much he took home in 1995?
0: 175000 five thousand. Two fifty.
1: One ninety nine, Ooh, right in the middle. You guys are like right in the middle. But
0: I know Ben Hogan wouldn't play in all of them. Ben Ben Hogan initially didn't play in them uh, when he was at his peak because he was literally losing money.
1: Did not know about that. Yeah.
0: Some guys would have to take a boat over, so he'd be losing money that way, losing time, all that good stuff. Amazing. Fun facts.
1: Those are fun facts. I like history. It's good. So we should probably talk about who we think might win this weekend. We have any favorites? Frank, did you end up looking at them?
2: I did. Um, I think Xander is due to break through. I've got some uh, history for you, though, too. We've got
1: uh, Whoa. He came <laughs> prepared?
2: <laughs> With him winning the Scottish last week, we've got one person to do that in history. Who's that? To win the Scottish and British in the same year.
0: The lefty, Phil Mickelson. Yes. Good job. Let's see? Yeah. Pretty good. I yeah. think it was 2013. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. That Ben, you're speechless. Even no response there.
2: Alexander though.
0: Xander, Xander's yep. a good pick. Um, shoot, I was going to pick Xander. Uh, Justin Thomas.
1: Yeah, I got him at eighteen
0: to one. Just a stock good first uh-huh. pick. I mean, just a stock. stock pick. Up. I don't understand Morikawa twenty five to one. I think that's pretty high. What about Will's Al Torres? Uh he's the favorites of a finish runner up. He's just so uh, close. Yeah. Uh that's pretty good though at twenty five to one. Yeah. It's better odds than he had in the or it's actually worse odds than he had in the PGA. Is that what what do you define? Is it better or worse if the guy has if his odds are like twenty five to one versus eighteen to one? Is that worse odds? Better odds. Like better how you odds. say it, like yes. we know Yeah, like on the wagon, off the wagon?
1: Yeah, I don't really know. Better
0: better odds?
1: Better, higher, lower odds. Like I, Higher odds, 25 to 1. That's I just know they're more popular. It's a favorite. Yeah, that's pretty good. We, we understand how the betting itself works, but the, mm. the verbiage. They were fading Scheffler a little bit at 16 to 1. People uh, were saying he doesn't yeah. fall into the alignment of the uh, algorithm good enough for yeah. this. He's yeah, had a heck of a year overall. He's had Justin, a heck of
0: a year. Justin Thomas, we talked about this before. He has such good control of his golf ball. I just don't see how he doesn't have a good shot what's tiger 101 60 really that's it really dude can't walk <laughs> dude can't walk 60 to 1
1: 60 to 1 odds for tiger that's, tough. that's insane that's uh, insane so other than justin thomas i was going to 35 to 1 hold on i mean you want to guess which one it is when you see it i don't going, know how many, i don't know how many there are are you going like tommy fleetwood no
0: Live golf? Hatton. Hatton. Oh. Really? Yeah. Why? Why not? I feel like. I'm surprised on that first
1: page. Whatever. What, is, what has he been we'll doing? We'll see how it plays out. What, what was this? This is less good turn. <laughs> he actually hasn't been playing overly well. You're just looking for guys to show up. Just show up and play well. Like I Shane. like
2: Shane getting it done again.
1: Really? Yeah.
2: What's he at? 22.
0: Okay. He's just been drinking beer since the last it's time fine. he won. It's, it's fine. <laughs> what about Sergio, what's 100, he at?
1: Hundred to one. Oof. Yeah, let's drop down to the long the long shots. I kind of like Sergio.
2: I think he's mailed in competitive golf since he signed his live contract Dude,
0: these guys on live are getting roasted yeah. Patrick Reed 90 to one
1: Abraham yeah, answered 90 volleyball. to one was Dustin <laughs>
2: 35 to, top, to one
1: 25 guys was Dustin 35 to one Yeah, Dustin and Brooks are 35 to one Brooks being 35 to one kind of surprised me too like yeah. that seems a little generous for Brooks the Brooks that we're getting that wants much. to play
2: half the year Too much Jesus. party footage out there on he social should. those guys there he's just such a douche. Not, not dialed in <laughs> Sorry, he's
0: no. a douche.
1: Can we say that on the podcast? We Can we can? Okay, I
0: approved it just now.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm going Tom Hoagie, <laughs> two hundred to 200 one. to one. I saw that earlier. He's Dude, a winner guy, on the tour the this guy year. Won this year, it Do only you know, took two hundred and seven starts for him to win two hundred one. What's the worst worst pick you think for this? Pick
2: a, I'm going to pick a long shot, Brian Harmon. Ooh, As a that's gamer. a good one. One hundred fifty. One
0: hundred fifty to one. That's pretty good. What's the worst pick you think? Worst worst <laughs> pick for this year's
2: Open.
1: I'm still waiting for Migliosi Ozzy Ozzy on there. Yeah.
2: Migliosi <laughs> Yosi? Uh, Migliosi. I saw Paul Laurie. make oh, a couple of passes in oh, the, uh, the pro Paul Laurie, hold on. Wasn't, wasn't a very good looking move.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hold nice. on. Oh, man.
1: Get David Duval on there.
0: Yeah, this finished dead last. Yeah, shoot. I guess I'm going to support him on Paul Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Definitely dead last. Oh, man. Only guy not to break 160. Fantastic.
1: We'll see how it plays out. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about Tiger. You said yourself. He's playing through injury ultimately this whole time. He's in pain. He kind of has that first couple rounds. You're like, okay, but then he just looks so weathered after two rounds right now. How can he kind of hold up against this and play some good golf? Do you think he retires? That's
0: been the chatter. That's that's the better chatter.
2: No, he... Loves Augusta. He's going to be back there. I mean, retire from what? He's going to play play the Masters for years to come. I can't see retiring from
1: British Opens.
2: Maybe.
1: Maybe? This could be his last visit out there. I don't know. It seems like they're doing, like, ultra-special
0: stuff. I know it's the 150th, but, like, to have Jack come over and to have Gary Player come over, like, they're doing some special stuff. I wonder if, like, they... They have an inkling that Tiger's this might be his last one. I don't know.
1: Well, longtime caddy Steve Williams. I don't know if you guys heard the BBC Sport podcast. I know Frank's a big podcast listener. Um, he's he was just shaking to, his head. I had Dave Ramsey he's, on yesterday. He was, he was just shaking his head, oh, he was listening man. to it.
0: We're listening to Dave Ramsey. Personal yesterday. finance. Well, personal all finances.
1: right. Well, Steve Williams said here. He said that Tiger originally wanted to retire at twenty-one major victories. Twenty, he was something obsessed with getting. Really. And then, I mean, he's at 15, not likely to happen. But it was just an interesting perspective, too, because he's like, I felt a lot of pressure caddying for Tiger because a good weekend, a normal weekend, is like a win for Tiger at that point. Like, that's nuts in the game of golf.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was at, during the prime of his career, he was winning 35% of the time. I mean, that's I can kind of understand that, where you'd get in that, kind of get in that mindset that, I mean, that's just insane as it is anyway. I mean, Scotty Scheffler had this hot little run at the start of the year, like the first half of the year, and he was still like only 25% of his tournaments. I mean, he wasn't even close to it. even Tiger at his prime. I don't know. It's, I think that's nuts.
2: Yeah, the the 2019 Masters win, I think that was his kind of has to be amazing farewell kind of Jack 86 style. Um, <laughs> that was before his leg got shattered too, so it's – Love Tiger, absolutely love him. But I don't know. I don't know. It's we'll see how he does this week. It'll be interesting.
0: What if he joins Live Tour? Do you think Bobby would be?
1: <laughs> I think we might have a, a Tiger clothing burn party somewhere. Just be off there burning jerseys at that point. All right. If you could, I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but if you could win one major championship, what would it be? Me.
0: Me first. first. All yeah. right, I'll go first. U.S. Open. As an American, U.S. Open. But, shoot, I answered the wrong one because I want to play for the rest of my life, so the Masters.
2: Yeah.
0: has to be the Masters.
2: Yeah, I'm going Masters. Um, smaller field, not as deep, not as uh, impressive of a win, I would say, as the U.S. Open, but Masters champion, I think. Plus, like, would be mine. like Charles
0: Cootie comes back, like, in. Gets to go to the dinner and plays in the par three contest. So that like he's old, he's ancient. The fact that he's still able to, to come back and do that, that's pretty, pretty darn cool.
1: I would say the masters just because the exclusivity of Augusta and everything that surrounds it feels like a no brainer, but yeah, you are an elitist. The reason it came <laughs> up is because I saw that, you know, Danny Willett, he's at 125 to one. Yeah. But he won the 2016 masters yeah. So it's like... It's good forever. There you go. <laughs> You're good. You know what's funny, too, is during the
0: tournament, um, they clap for you in a different way. They, like, follow you in a different way. If you actually won the Masters, it's really weird. But, like, they, they the following is is unbelievable. Even if you won it in some random year and won it once, and like Dan, uh, Danny Willett, for instance, they love him forever. It's crazy.
2: It's kind of the same with the British, I would say.
0: yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. That's they
2: it. love Tom Watson over there. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: Many of them. You're 100 percent right. How about you? You said Masters, Ben? Yeah. And you called me elitist. I did call you elitist. I. Th- you guys are a lot closer to winning it than yeah, I am, though. US, o- U.S. Open would be pretty darn cool, though. Like U.S. Open seems like the one that's elusive for a lot of the great ones, especially Phil. Like, that they haven't won. And I think there's something to that. I think it's because it's obviously it's the hardest hardest one to win by far. I think by far it's the hardest one yeah, to win. Yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah. Because the British, you can kind of back into that. I mean, Zach Johnson was toast basically at that point mm-hmm. in his career and wins the 2015, and it's kind of helped him hold on for a while.
2: We've had some not very impressive PGA winners over the years too. So I'd say yeah, U.S. Open was.
0: Yeah, you're totally right about that. Brooks Kapka said it a few years ago didn't he where it's like there's only like 20 guys that actually can compete in a US Open when the conditions aren't a certain way. I think they're getting away from that cuz they they listen to that and they're, you know, holding it at classic venues like the country club and, and places like that where it's not crazy long and it brings more guys into the field but um yeah, I, I, it's again, it's just the hardest it's it's definitely the hardest one to win for sure.
1: Frank, what's the most memorable golf course you've played?
2: Pebble. Without a doubt. Pebble beach. Didn't even flinch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite trip overall might have, might be Bandon. It's just fun fun guys' trip, fun member trip, anything. Um, but just pure golf experience, just it's got it's Pebble.
0: Uh, best round ever. We guess the mid low, right? Yeah,
2: score wise and just everything. Okay. Sixty one.
0: Um, favorite J Town course. <laughs> we asked plat this last week.
2: Yeah, is Julia Country Club still considered a course? No, though? no, it's gonna be one of the J Towners. Come on. Um, I'm gonna say oh, these guys aren't gonna like this. Uh, the original Wedgewood.
0: Yes, yes, I totally agree. Original Wedgewood was a solid, solid oh, geez, layout. Jason's not listening. There was really there there wasn't really any bad holes. The only bad that i thought the green was bad was six I thought yeah. the, rest of the whole golf course was good
2: no i mean the, the changes aren't too bad um 18 fun the new 18 yeah it's like eight and nine combined basically yep. it's a pretty decent i think clarify.
0: everyone always said that forever like you know it'd be a really cool hole yeah. is if we teed off from 18 and hit it down nine fairway i think everyone always said that so that's cool that they made that change yeah yeah i agree the original wedgewood was was timeless it was priceless I never played out there. Favorite J town bar?
2: <laughs> uh, spent some time in uh, Double J's. I like the original McBrody's. Yeah. I think
0: McBrody's was great. Long. The original, <laughs> original was great. Too bad it's not around anymore. It's right across from the boat. You can just kind of wander over there.
1: Yeah, it's long gone. I was gonna go with favorite
0: like Weed and Feed. And you guys gonna talk? No, I was, was gonna, gonna
1: go. <laughs> I was gonna go ice cream cake or cookies. For Frank, because I know he, he likes the sweets. Um, Not as much as Bobby,
2: but no. Cookies. Cookies. Chocolate chip.
1: Favorite pizza topping? Cheese. <laughs> Nothing. Beach or mountains? Uh, beach. Snow or water balloon fight? <laughs> water balloon. <laughs> I just Googled these like, hey, this or that. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Travel by plane, car, or boat? Plane. Nice. All right. Last one. This is a good one. Cause we talk about this in our text all the time. Favorite streaming TV series you've seen.
2: Oh, um, stranger things just cause I oh, just man. watched the last, uh, season the other, the other day. It's no spoilers. I still got to catch up. I'm actually not super into sci-fi, but it's pretty good.
0: It is. Yeah, it pretty is weird. Fun. It's weird. It It, it does kind of hook you as much as Ozark. I thought I oh, thought Ozark's Ozark's are go really good that. too. Yeah, that yeah, crazy Darlene and everything else. Oh, Ozark's so good. <laughs> it's like who's gonna die in this episode? Oh,
1: great. You guys finished all that stuff and I'm about a season behind in everything. In Ozark? Yeah, I'm just really? no Ozark Ozark was an interesting situation because when I was told I should start watching it, I started watching it. But for some reason my Netflix started it on the seventh episode. So I didn't know what the heck was going on. And I was like, it says season one, episode seven. Dude, the first so I went of Ozark is the best one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One. No, I went back and I was hooked. I loved it. I watched probably four episodes and then I just kind of like ran out of time. So I'm way behind on Ozark. Stranger Things, I'm into season three. I watched the first two seasons like right away. And then I think I had the little kids and stuff. So I've been really slow at like taking time to watch shows. Yeah. But one of my favorite shows is Bloodline. Like I loved Bloodline. Yeah.
0: Which one was that? It
1: was just
2: Netflix. It was short, though. It
1: was like... Three seasons. Yeah. It was like perfect for yeah. me. Like two, three, four seasons is probably like my wheelhouse for shows. Which one was that? Check it out. It was good. Uh, it's got Kyle Chandler mm-hmm. from Friday Night Lights and...
0: Oh, they have the key, yeah, the that keys, was great. The yeah, one the, the keys. keys. Yeah.
1: I, I enjoyed yeah. that one a lot. Yeah, that one was good. That one was pretty good. I never watched Friday Night Lights, but everyone swears it. it's like, that's the best show ever. Oh,
0: my gosh. It was.
1: <laughs> that was good. I, it I was. believe it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was an awesome show.
1: I was a Kyle Chandler guy going back to early edition back in, like, the 90s when the cat would deliver the paper the day before and then he would, like, save people.
2: Nerd. Nerd. He's intense. Yeah. He, he would scare me in person. <laughs> intense on every show.
1: <laughs> Anyways, that's kind of all I had for the uh, the lightning round. <laughs> we knew he didn't really want it, but, man, that Google fired up and we got all those. So, now what? What's next, Frank? What you guys, uh, for both of you guys, you have the Illinois Open coming up?
2: Yeah, we got some time off here in the next couple of weeks, uh, event wise for us. Um, yeah, just trying to get a few rounds in here and there to stay sharp for Illinois Open, White Eagle.
0: It's, yeah, it's, it August. stinks. It feels like I'm playing my best golf. You're playing some of your best golf. Like, you don't have any playing for three weeks at least. It's, it's brutal. But yeah, everything's kind of in August, and then winds down pretty hard. It just, All over again, all
1: over again. How do you stay sharp? Do you guys play each other? Do you call up your buddies, be competitive with, just to, like, honestly, mentally, physically, just, like, you're going on vacation, Andy, so.
0: Physically, zero. Okay. (laughs) Mentally, I don't know. You just feel confident. There's not a physical element to it really anymore, I don't think. I mean, if you hit balls and you feel good about a range sesh or make a few putts, that's about all it takes. I mean,
2: yeah. to find reps in here or there, just right. Are you for, you're
0: not formulating a, a formal game plan or anything like that. You're no. thinking about the holes in your head a little bit. You're hitting some shots in the range that you might hit there, but nothing crazy. Yeah, you're just trying to stay somewhat sharp.
1: Now you're playing White Eagle, which you guys have probably played a number of times. Mm-hmm. So, is it a different approach to a course when you've played it so many times?
0: Um, you know, we've seen it before,
2: I've played there a ton.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've played, there, we, we've played there quite a bit, but it's it's still a, a massive difference between, you know, like Bobby playing playing with me and the pro assistant and how it's going to be prepared for the Illinois Open. I mean, I've never seen rough like that in Illinois Open when he played two years ago. I mean, he had the rough like five, six inches. You'd hit a ball 20 feet off of the green. You're not finding it sometimes. I mean, it was absolutely insane. It was really cool the way they prepared it last time, but that's a completely different white eagle than what you would normally play. Normally, White Eagles pretty wide open. So Palmer Course, relatively straight in front of you, flat. I mean, there's most Palmer courses give you a ton of room to hit it off the tee, and then you know there be water kind of sprinkled in here and there. So it's pretty, pretty kind of generic layout. But if you do things to change it up, it's, it's tough.
2: Yeah, it, it was a good test last time. I think there were two or three guys under par. That was it. It was.
0: Yeah, you got in the wrong tough. spot. It was. It was brutal. It's brutal.
1: I always try to get in the mind of the golfers. I mean, that's just, I feel like that's my job here to be like, what are you guys thinking? What goes through your mind? And I think people will overcomplicate it, man. Golf's
0: not a hard game. It's not. It's not. I say that all the time. Like, golf's not hard. Let's break it down. I'm going to give let you have, have you hit half the greens, and I'm going to ask you to up and down half the time. Pretty simple. And you shoot 76. And for some reason, 95% of the people can't do it. And I'm giving you very easy parameters there. Right, When we, when we, I think the problem is just doing all these clinics and things like that that we've been doing recently and just working with the kids. Like we overcomplicate this game a lot, right? If we make, I talk about it all the time with a five foot putt, right? If I become world-class from five feet, how much easier is that 20 footer? Piece of cake, piece of cake. Cause I'm trying to now make the 20 footer. I'm trying to now make the 30 footer. Every put on that green you feel like you're going to make if you can make it from five feet. So if I'm going to be world class from five feet, I'm going to be much better from everywhere else. Like, we overcomplicate this game way too much. Like, some of the questions I'm getting in these in these clinics, they're awesome questions. And I'll say sometimes, I don't think about that stuff, so you shouldn't think about that stuff, you know. Sometimes we make this game too technical. And actually, you know, the the phones and having such access to so many teachers being online and getting into the weeds... You know, I'm, I've am i got 10, 15 handicaps asking me about flexion and extension in the wrist and stuff like that, and they're <laughs> chipping, and I'm like, dude, I don't even know what my hands are doing. I'm just trying to get left and moving towards my target as I'm hitting this chip. So it's yeah. just, uh, yeah, we overcomplicate this game way too much.
2: Hitting nine greens sounds easy on paper, but when I see Ams get in trouble, the most is off the tee. Like, they're hitting it out of play so often. That's where That's where the high scores come in, like, Driving the ball is such an underrated part of the game. I mean, it's such I've always hit it pretty far, but um, until recently, until my last five or ten years playing golf, where I learned how to be a little smarter off the tee and drive it a little straighter is when my scores started coming down.
0: Such a great point. The golfer that can do it on both ends, you're, you're pretty much going to be fine. You'll find the other parts of it. Like, if you're a great putter and you can hit fairways and drive it relatively good, the rest of the stuff will just kind of fall in line. Yeah, I built my game around wedges. And, you know, that kind of bled into being a better iron player then. And it's like, if you can kind of bookend your game, then the other stuff will, will pretty much fall in line pretty well.
1: So. That's all it takes. they make it too Take easy? Note, <laughs> I know, I'm taking I'm taking all of these notes. I'm thinking about both of your <laughs> games games individually, not the who's better at this, who's better at that, who's the better overall golfer, because I feel like either of you could go out on any day and beat each other.
0: That's what's uh, That's what's fun. But he, him and I play it in different ways, but he's yeah. getting better at certain spots. Whereas when I'm playing well, I might be getting better in certain spots. Like, I'm driving it longer, better, straighter this year than I ever have before. Frank's wedging it better with more consistency than he ever has before. So, like, definitely there's kind of an ebb and flow to it for sure. I think um, some of the things that make a huge difference in score between, you know, this is going to sound bad, but, you know, the difference between us shooting a 63 or 64 and us shooting a 68 or 69, I know a lot of people don't break 70 ever in their life, but we do it consistently, is the difference is putting. 100%. That's all it is. If he has a hot day with the putter, he's going to shoot 63 or 64. If he hits it normally he's going to shoot 68, 69. It's just just what it is. And that's the same, same kind on both ends. And that's the difference between between those scores, so at the end of the day, it all comes down to putting.
1: For instance, what's it take a fifteen handicap to become a two handicap?
0: Uh, never touch the range. Yeah, go right to the like chipping that. and putting green. Hundred percent. I was
1: asking for a friend.
0: No, never touch the range. <laughs> it's for me. <clears throat> the guys on tour practice about seventy-five percent of the time. Practice inside of fifty yards. That's a fact,
1: Jack. Like I mean, you have to hit fact. good iron shots, though, right? You have to hit good drive shots. I see the strokes that can be saved with if the you wedge. Can get you know, it on up the green. and green. The saying goes: if you can get it up and down from a garbage
0: can, again, you can shoot even par. If I can get you up and down on every green, nice. About that. And
2: I haven't seen it on that practice putting green ever. <laughs> ever. That's about thirty steps from it.
0: And you might be far from a uh. class from five feet in.
1: Oh no, I I dread those. I stand over those and I'm just like, oh boy. Don't
0: miss, don't miss, don't miss. I'm don't thinking miss, miss,
1: not miss, not miss. miss, not thinking I'm gonna make this. I'm thinking miss. I'm glass half empty, not glass half full. That's probably my first problem.
0: Just and this is such a stupid tip, but somebody told me this twenty years ago. You want to get to the point of being surprised that the putt didn't go in. That's kind of when you know that you What distance? Uh from from five feet. Five feet. Okay. Yeah. So it's like you are shocked that you didn't make that putt. Like, that's the point I feel like is kind of that crossover point. And then I think I've said this before on this podcast. I had a high school kid earlier this year ask me, how, how much should I practice when I am hitting pitch shots and wedges? And my response was off the cuff, but it's actually a pretty good response in the fact that when I got to the point that I could hit it closer than I could throw it was the point that I knew it kind of was like that Again, that breaking point, like over that line. So, there's my advice.
1: (laughs) Spend time around the chipping green. Oh my gosh! And the putting green. You can't spend enough. I gotta spend some.
0: And these guys are hitting some of the simplest, simplest little shots. These are the greatest players in the world, and they just they still need their practice. They still need to to hit wedge shots around the greens and actually get a lesson too. Like that helps a lot. Do you, how many? How many people? We asked this before. How many? What's the percentage of people that get a, one lesson a year or more? Frank, want to guess?
2: Uh, Frank, Bray knows the stat. Five percent.
0: Touch more, Ben. Yeah. Figure it was low. Eight percent. Twelve percent. PGA says that basically, no matter if you golf a lot or whenever you golf, the you're ebbs just- and flows of the, of this, right? Whether whether a lot of people are coming into the sport like twenty twenty or it's kind of on the downside like the mid two thousands about 12% get one lesson a year. That's insane. Do you know how many like guys I follow on Instagram that are right now at the open as swing coaches for their players? They have swing coaches every single week. There's no way that even the best players in the world can't self-diagnose themselves then how are you self-diagnosing or how are you diagnosing a friend? Like you just need to go out and see a professional.
1: Lessons are available. (laughs) We have them in the performance center.
0: Honestly, it's like just therapy right here. I think one of the things that not enough people do is, and and this is what I'm trying to reinforce with my kids. That's why I want to put a little simulator in the house. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Is I want them to have a club in their hand every day, whether it's hitting 10 pitch shots or 10 putts. I think it's important to have a club in your hand every day. I think, for the most part on a daily basis, I mean, you probably have at least a club in your hand. Like, you're, you'll take a grip or something on a daily basis. Like, just being around it, and, and I think that's the that's probably the difference is kind of we're always thinking about it in some,
1: some little fashion. I see you guys out there. Frank hitting the putting green, getting some practice in. Yeah,
2: working on the weaknesses. That's kind of what Andy was saying earlier. I'm, I'll sneak out, hit a few pitch shots on the range, hit a few putts. I mean...
0: That's that's what I see, too, is, like, the guys, the, the fun part of the game for them is, like, maybe they're a good iron player, or maybe they hit a certain iron really good, or maybe they hit their driver good. Like, they only like to work on that because it's fun. Like, work on the stuff that you're not good at because then it'll get fun. That's just simple name of the game. My daughter Natalie said last year, she goes, you know what, Dad? The more I practice this, this actually gets, gets to be a lot more fun. Like, yeah, no duh. <laughs> right, this gives it a lot more fun to play better
1: <laughs> and that's true i think a pitch shot that goes close is one of the most rewarding shots for me when i'm out there
0: yeah i mean think about a little
1: it. tap in putt right. Like, okay
0: right takes the takes the pressure off the putter for sure
1: man all right well frank we've run out of time we'll talk about our <laughs> lawns next time it's too bad the landscaping at home i got to go practice some (laughs) five-footers. Thanks for joining us, Frank. Congrats on tying the course record at Mistwood.
2: Thank you. Thanks for (laughs) for having me.
1: As for everyone else, we'll see you next time.
2: Get in the (laughs) cart. Right at
0: us. The best in the
1: business. Roger Cleveland. Can't wait to get back to Chicago in this one. This is Party of Four, a Mistwood Golf Club podcast.